Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Today, we're going to look uh, primarily out of the book of Proverbs. We're going to Proverbs chapter 20, and we're going to look at verse number 27. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 27. If you didn't bring a Bible, no worries. It'll be up on the screens as well. It says, the spirit of a person is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of a person is the candle. Notice whose candle it is. Your spirit is the Lord's candle, and it searches all the inward parts of the belly. The inward parts of the belly. If you've read Scripture, you've noticed that David would often say, even in the book of Psalms, the Lord will light my candle. The spirit of man, the Bible teaches, is the candle of the Lord. Now, we don't understand this quite as well as they would have understood it back in those days because we have something that they did not have. We have electricity. How many of you are thankful for electricity, especially in a Mississippi summer? Thank God for good, strong, vibrant electricity. But that electricity has given us the gift of light. So now we have incandescent light, you know, all over the place that when it's dark and we don't see exactly where we're stepping or where we're going, don't see the path, we can turn on the light. Uh, Me and my wife uh, went for a walk at like 8.30 two nights ago. And it was just one of those things where my wife was not having the best day. You ever had a day that wasn't your best day? Uh, And we believe that a change of pace and a change of place often equals a change of perspective. Uh, And so out of that, she said, I'm going for a walk. I'm like, I'll go with you. So we just went for a walk, and you were just talking and sharing life. And as soon as we walked out, I'm like, it's dark outside. And sure enough, we almost got ran over because there was no light out there. And when it's dark, uh, you can't see, or people can't see, exactly where they may be going or objects they may be looking for or should be looking for. Now, here's the point of this. In those days, they did not have electricity. When it got dark out, they would light a lamp or a candle in order to see what they were looking for. That if they had a dark room and they were looking for something in the room, they would light a candle to give direction. Light a candle to give direction guidance. Light a candle to find the way, the path, the object. Light a candle to determine where they needed to operate and where they needed to be. The spirit of man, scripture tells us, is the thing that God is going to give direction through. The Lord is going to light our candle through Our spirit, light, direction is going to come from the inside, searching all the inward parts 
of the belly. Uh, we see examples of this all throughout Scripture, but once again, anytime you're reading something out of the Old Testament, you always want to pass it through the New Covenant and the New Testament to see an example of what that looks like there, because that's the covenant that we live in. So I'll give you one. It's one of my favorites. It's out of the book of John. In John chapter 11 and verse 5, we see something. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister, which we know as Mary, and Lazarus. This was a family, two sisters and a brother, and Jesus had a strong connection with them. And when he had heard, therefore, that Lazarus was sick, he abode or stayed where he was two days still in the same place. Now, this is interesting. Here you have Jesus. He's the Savior of the world. He's brought healing to, at this point, thousands of individuals, so you have people in his life who know that Jesus has like a really strong affinity for them and they call him up, or I guess they couldn't call him. They didn't have cell phones. They wrote him a letter or passed communication. I don't know how they did it. But some way or another, they conveyed to Jesus who was in a different place that the one he loved was sick. And when he hears this news, he hears it with his, his ears. He sees the message with his eyes. And all of this is processing within his brain. And of course, in this moment, you would think the natural response would be what? To go to where Lazarus is. Like to just pick up and go right now. Like it's urgent, he's sick, he needs you, but yet Jesus stays where he is for two more days. So keep, let's keep reading here. After he heard it, he stayed where he was. Uh, and after that, he said to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. So after the two days, he says, okay, now let's go. And watch here in verse 8, his disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee. Goest thou th thither. What a great word. We should, you should use thither at some point in your conversation this week. Um, Goest thou thither again. Verse 9. And Jesus answered and said, Are there not 12 hours in notice the day? Now what is day? It is light 12 hours in the day if any man walk in the day he stumbleth not because he seeth the light of this world verse 10 but if a man walk in the night what is night dark day is light night is dark the spirit of man is the candle of the lord the spirit of man is where the lord gives light but if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there is, watch this, watch this, no light where? In him. No light in him. Now this is fascinating. We know after this, everything works out beautifully. Lazarus is called out of the tomb. It's this huge, wonderful testimony in scripture. And it's all a wonderful example about how to be led by the spirit of God. Here you throw Jesus into a pressure-packed situation. You have individuals in his life who absolutely love Jesus, and they're coming to him saying, the one that you love is sick, we need you to come now. He waits two days. You know the waiting irritated him, because later in the story, when Jesus finally does come, Martha and Mary run out to him and are like, if you would have been here earlier, if you would have called when we came, or if you would have came when we called, Lazarus never would have died. Pressure-packed situation. 
On the flip side of this, you have the disciples, who I'm sure love Lazarus and and Mary and Martha, but at the same time, not necessarily with the, the same affinity, it seems, because their concern about going when Jesus decided to go was not Lazarus and his health. It was the last time we went where we were going, there were some people there who tried to kill us. So we know Lazarus is a little sick, but it's better than being stoned. Why don't we stay where we are? So here do you see the conflicting things going on in the mind? Now, this is important. The two conflicting things going on in the mind. On the one hand, it's like, you should come right now. The one that you love is very sick. So you have the pressure this way, but then you have the pressure this way with with someone throwing out the other side of the coin. It's like, you should stay exactly where you are right now because wherever you go, we have to go with you. And the last time we went to that place, we almost got stoned. Uh, And I mean by actual stones. Uh, And so out of this, you you see this, this conflict of emotion where two sides are warring against against the mind, one saying come, the other one saying go, and Jesus is here, uh, or stay, and Jesus is here in the middle having to make a decision. So he's got all this pressure from his outside world, he's got all this pressure going through his mind, and Jesus is here having to make a decision. And what is Jesus waiting on? He's waiting on light. He's waiting on direction. He's waiting on the leading of the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Father God. And finally, he wakes up after two days, and he's like, it's time to go. And they're like, why are we going now? Like, if we would have gone at all, we should have gone when they first called. And now that we go, we run the risk of being killed. Why are we going now? And Jesus said, if you walk in the day, there's no occasion of stumbling. It's going to work. But if you walk in the night, there is occasion of missing it. There is occasion that you wind up somewhere where you should not be. I am waiting for the light of day, and he's not talking about the light of day naturally. He's talking the light of day spiritually. He's saying, I'm waiting for the light that was in me. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now, a, a couple of weeks ago, two weeks ago, we talked about this verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, where he says, I pray God sanctify you holy, spirit, soul, and body. So we see that man has three parts, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, that's the part of you that's going to live forever. That's the part that God is going to bear witness with. That's the part that God is going to light up. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of, this is interesting, the belly. You ever had something not seem right in your gut? Like, have you ever heard that phrase, you have a gut feeling? That's actually more scriptural than we know. That's not just like a a southern phrase. That's actually um, more scriptural than maybe we're taking into account. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord searching all the inward parts of the belly. Uh, The Bible often uses the, the term heart, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not onto your own understanding. When the Bible uses that word heart, it's not talking about your physical blood pump. It's talking about your center, 
the heart of the matter. If I said, let's get down to the heart of the matter, we're talking about what's the centering ground. If I said, uh, we got to the heart of the watermelon, uh, we're not talking about something physical within the watermelon, we're talking about the center of the watermelon. If, If we said, get to the center of the tree, The heart of the tree. We're not talking about like a physical heart within the tree. We're talking about its core, its root. When I'm trusting in the Lord with all of my heart, it means that there's some type of light, some type of conviction, some type of direction. And and I love that and lean not to your own understanding. It's saying that oftentimes your understanding and your heart will conflict. But don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Jesus said, I'm waiting on light. How many of you know that almost every time rush is wrong? That in God, there is biblical wisdom in just sleeping on it giving it time, giving it space, letting the dust settle, and coming back to the issue and judging what is in your heart. Now, the problem is, is we don't want God to speak to our spirit. What we want is God to speak to our body, and we covered this. We want a Gideon type of experience, where it's like, God, if this is you, make the fleece wet, and if this is not you, make the fleece dry. Like, you know, just God, show me something. God, give me five red cars. If two people come up to me in service today and, and, you know, ask me about this, then I know it's you. Father, just give me some type of sign. And here's the gracious thing about God is especially as we're spiritually immature, God will meet us there. God will meet us in those moments. But as we grow spiritually, God wants us to grow in spirit. And God wants to guide you by your spirit. But he needs us to see that this, the spirit of man, the spirit of you, that's God's candle. This is the part of you where light is going to come, where direction is going to come. So I have to learn to look to the inside. Why don't you say that at Highland Colony? Say that even in your house, even in the room. Say, I will look to the inside. The more spiritual we become, the more we care about the spirit than we do the thing. The spirit of it means means more to us than the entertainment of it. The spirit of it means more to us than just the matter at hand. That the, the more you grow in God, the more you get more discerning of the spiritual side of things. I, I love the way Peter brings this out in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, whose adorning, let it be not of the outward adorning of the plating of the hair and of the wearing of gold and of the putting on of apparel. Verse 4, but let it be, notice this, the hidden man of the heart. In that which is uh, not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, a spirit. I I love the the imagery here. that, That what Peter is communicating with the help of the Holy Spirit is that everybody in here has a physical body, but also everybody in here 
has a person behind that person, a woman behind that woman, a man behind that man, that you are looking at me and I am looking at you through two windows we call eyes. That the spirit of us is the part of us that's the part that not only God communicates with, but the part of us that's going to live forever. And what he's saying here, and it's amazing how the more things change, the more things stay the same. He's saying that so oftentimes as individuals, we pay so much attention to this that we neglect the hidden man of the heart. We try to get this in shape. We try to make this pretty. We try to make this beautiful. We try to make this in shape. We try to get it where we can lift more and see more abs or whatever it may be. That we pay so much attention to the physical side of things, but all the while we're neglecting the spiritual side of things. And he said just how you have to look after and to your physical body to keep it in shape, you have to look after and see to your spiritual person, the hidden person of the heart, the spirit of you on the inside to make sure it's in shape. The more spiritual I become, the more I care about the things of the spirit and the less I care about the things of the flesh. I began not to just read the communication, but the spirit that's on the communication. I begin to not just watch the programming, I begin to pay attention to the spirit that is on the programming. I not only like pay attention to the news, I pay attention to the spirit that is on the news. Because the more spiritual I become, the more I understand that we are not just flesh and bone. That we were flesh and bone until God breathed the spirit of life on us. And when God breathed in the spirit of life, man became a quickening spirit and it brought life to this thing we call flesh. So when God meets us, we're not looking for God to just meet us outside in the flesh. I'm looking to the inside. You remember when King David was getting to be made king? Samuel, who was a prophet from God, heard from God, and he said the, the next king is over at the house of Jesse, and so Samuel gathers up all his prophet stuff and goes over to Jesse's house, and he tells him in advance, I'm coming, tells him what it's for, the next king is in your house, and Jesse brings in all of his sons besides David, who was his youngest, he leaves him in the field. So he lines up his oldest son, and, and you know, after that, all the, the youngest sons, and the oldest son stood head and shoulders above all the other sons. I mean, this guy looked like a king. Like, it looked like the perfect opportunity for the nation of, of Israel. This is surely the next king. So when Samuel comes up, what's he looking at to discern the, the, the direction? He, he's looking at the flesh. And he utters this phrase to his own heart. But how many of you know God knows your heart? God knows the thoughts you're thinking even right now. God knows your heart, and he thinks to himself this. By basing his decision off of his, his eyes and his ears, what he's experiencing, he says this, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. Surely this is the Lord. And he's paying attention to what he sees, and he's like, surely this is the right direction. Now, this is why I really feel like 
that God is having me teach on this, and I don't know how long we're going to be on it, but it's going to be for a while, is because right now, if there is ever a time in the history of your life or nation to be led by the Holy Spirit of God, it is right now. Because there is so much uncertainty out there in the world that no one can give you good information, and it is time that we absolutely learn to rely on the Holy Spirit. So he's looking at this in the natural, and he's making his decision purely based off of what he sees. He's bending in this way to make a decision based off of what his flesh is telling him about this moment. Surely this is God, Samuel says. But all of a sudden, the Lord speaks to his spirit and says, don't look at his outward flesh. For man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the what? The heart. The Lord is looking at your heart today. It's a great price, Peter said, in the sight of the Lord. The Lord sees your heart. He sees the condition of it. He sees this. We can see today if you brushed your hair. We we can see today if your, your outfit matches. We can see your physical appearance. But the Lord, he looks at the heart. And the more you become like the Lord, the more you look at the heart. The more you look at the heart of people, the more that you look at the heart of what you watch, the more you look to your heart. The more you're like the Lord, the less you make your decision based off of what you see out here, and the more you make your decision on what you sense in here. For the Lord will light my candle. For the Lord will give me light. For the Lord will give me direction through my spirit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. I'm going to look to the inside. When I I need to make a decision, I'm going to look to the inside. When everything's crazy out here and all the news and everything else is trying to get us to decide one thing or another, I'm going to look to the inside. Why? For the Lord will light my candle. See, here's the thing about looking to the inside is it's not just your spirit in there. Apparently, the Holy Spirit is in there too. Check this out in John, John chapter 14 and verse 16. This is Jesus talking. He says, I will pray to the Father and he will give you another comforter that will abide with you forever, verse 17. Even the spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive, Because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he will dwell with you and shall be where? In you. So on the inside of me is the hidden man of the heart. It's the part that gives me substance in life. It's the part that when I die goes to heaven or hell. I said this a couple of weeks ago. Have you ever been to a funeral? I hear this all the time when, I, when I, I do funerals. People will walk up to the viewing and be like, that's not them. That's right. That's not them. That's the house they were living in. The spirit of man is the part of you that brings vibrancy and creativity and art and design and all of those beautiful things. And inside of you is that person, the hidden man of the heart, the hidden woman of the heart, the spirit on the inside of you. But not only are you in there, the Holy Spirit of God is in you. He's not just with you, he is in you. 
So when I need direction, when I need guidance from God, I'm not just going to pray, God, make five red cars pass by the apartment this morning. I'm going to say, God, you said you would light my candle. You said you would give me instruction. You said, Father, that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And Father, I look there, guide me, lead me, instruct me, give me peace, give me guidance. This past week, I'll close with this story. Well, two weeks ago, I had lunch with an individual that I had not seen in quite some time. And just uh, a young man who, it's kind of like Mary and Martha, and Lazarus, like, like there are just some people you have a connection with. And, and I believe in doing for one what I wish I could do for everyone. So many times we, we look at life and it's like, well, we can't do it for everyone, so we don't do anything at all. But do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. And if everyone did for one what they would do for everyone, the world would be a better place. Because here's the thing, we are divinely connected. It, my wife will have a heart for people that it's, it's amazing to me. I like them, but I don't have near the same type of natural affection for because it's, it's a God design. Anyway, this, this young man, I just have a heart for him. It's a, it's a divine thing. It had been a while since I'd seen him, and not just because of COVID, but just for a lot of different reasons. It had been a, a while since we had met in fellowship on an intimate basis. And as soon as I see him, he sits down and we start talking. And he begins to just open up his life to me of what it had been like for the, the past couple of months. And it was, was not good from his own mouth and his own expression. In fact, the word he kept using for it over and over again was bad. It, it got bad. And he referred that to himself multiple times. I've been bad. You ever been bad before? Not you. What about you on Facebook? You ever been bad before? Anybody at Highland Colony ever been bad before? You ever felt bad before? I've been bad. And it had so just affected him that he's in the restaurant, he's crying. And I start tearing up. But how many of you know the Lord is near a contrite heart? I said, how many of you know the Lord is near a contrite heart? And so oftentimes we forget that, that the Lord is not intimidated by our weaknesses or even angry at them. He's touched by them. And so we're there having this conversation, but the whole time we're talking, I know I need a word from God. I know I need something for him, something that'll help him, something that'll break him out of this. He was talking about how even in church he couldn't sing. You ever been there before? You ever felt like you had been so bad that even in church you wanted to be around worship but you didn't feel like you were really qualified to worship because of everything you had done in your past? He said, in worship I couldn't even sing, I could just cry because I'd been so bad. We start talking about this, and I'm like, I know I need to hear from God. Have you ever needed to hear from God? I need to hear from God, like, right now. Like, I need to hear from God right, so I'm in this situation. I know the flesh will do nothing right now, but the Spirit will give life. 
And if I can tap into the Holy Spirit, if I can draw counsel from God, I can give something that will bless and change the situation. We're, we're in Proverbs chapter 20. Check this out. We're, we're right here. It's just uh, in verse number five. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number five. Counsel is in the heart of man like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Now, that's what I'm trying to turn you into. I'm trying to turn you into a person of understanding because so many people are not. They're foolish. Foolish people think they know. They don't know. But somebody who's wise will know, a man of understanding that will know that there is counsel where? In my heart. And this counsel is not the counsel that would come from the latest, greatest, whatever, person, place, thing, book. This counsel is from the Holy Spirit of God. Now here's the beautiful thing about God. He not only knows the past, the present, he also knows the future. And according to Jesus, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. So when I don't know what to do, I know that counsel is where? In my heart, in my center, in my spirit, the Lord will light my candle. What are you waiting on? I'm waiting on light. What are you waiting on? I'm waiting on counsel. Why are we moving now? I've got counsel from the Lord. Where? I've got light in me. Counsel is in the heart of man, but notice it's not on the shallow. It's not going to drop on you like ripe cherries from a cherry tree. It's not God just going to shake the room and be like, here's what you should say and do in this moment. It's like deep water. And you're going to have to take the time to draw out that counsel, to draw out that life. So I'm sitting there and I know I need counsel. I know in this I need a word from God. So I'm listening to him, but the whole time I'm listening to him, I'm also looking to my heart. I'm looking to the inside. I'm looking for guidance because counsel, it's in my heart like deep waters. And since I understand that, I'll draw it out. So I'm praying a silent prayer and I'm like, God, I need answers. I need something. You can play behind me too. That's, you can play by this would help. This is one of those moments, one of those stories. It helps when you have music behind you. Like it, it just will, will kind of set the mood and make it like more. Nah, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm here and I'm, 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 I'm looking to the inside. And God reminds me about something in his past. He was a, a, an athlete. And just very, very good and is still an athlete. So much so he got a scholarship to keep playing that sport in a way that, you know, was only reserved for the best. And he went through an injury through the athletics. And this injury reduced him to the the point where he could not play. Well, I say he could not play. He could have played. But if he would have played, and this is what the Holy Spirit showed me, he would have been bad. So as soon as I saw that in my heart, I'm like, this is God. And finally, when he kind of settled down, telling me about how bad he'd been, 
I said, you remember that injury you had? He said, I do, Pastor Joel. I said, now, when you had that injury, you stopped playing. I said, why did you stop playing? Well, because I needed to let it heal. I needed to let it get better. Like, that's exactly right. I said, if you would have played with that injury, would you have been bad or would you have been good? He said, I think I would have been bad. I'm like, I know you would have been bad. Because you can't play baseball with an injury like that. You could try, but the whole time you're playing, it's going to be bad every time you play. But I said, is it because you're really bad? And he said, no. I'm like, exactly. You're actually really good. You're so good, you got a scholarship to do this thing, man. So good, other people looked and said, it's amazing how good he is. Let us pay for his college so that he can come play for us. You're so good, you're actually better than the other individuals. But with the injury, the injury would make you bad. And the Holy Spirit just gave me this word for him. Why are you calling bad what God calls hurt? Woo! Why why are you calling bad what God calls hurt? Like some of you even in this room, like you're looking at your life, it's like, I've been bad, Pastor. I've been bad, Pastor Joel. Like if you only knew how bad I'd been. I've just been bad, Pastor. Pastor, I've been so bad, it's just, I'm ashamed to tell you how bad I have been. And God is looking at you and he says, why are you calling bad what I call hurt? I see your wounds. Like I see the stuff that you've gone through. I see the pain that's around you. I see the stress that you're under. I see the thing that you're doing. And when you're injured in baseball or injured in a sport and you couldn't play, they wouldn't say you're bad. They would just say you're hurt. And when you're hurt, what do you need? You need a healer. When you're hurt, you need your direction. You need someone who knows more than you about that injury to come in and bring healing and bring life. You don't need to feel shame because you got hurt. You can be upset because you're hurt. You can be frustrated because you're hurt, but you shouldn't feel bad because you're hurt. You should feel like you need to see a doctor. And I said, what you need in your life is you need more of the Holy Spirit and more of the grace and the love of Jesus. I know some of your wounds that still haven't healed and I want to be a part of healing those things and I want to be a part of what God wants to do in your life because what you need is healing. And all of a sudden we're crying for all the right reasons now, not because we've been bad and God brought shame, but because we've been hurt and we know we got a healer. So now we're crying tears of joy. Because we know the power and the presence of Jesus. Some of you even watching online, you're not bad, you've just been hurt. And maybe even church has hurt you. But I'm telling you, there is a healer. His name is Jesus. And he loves you and he is absolutely forever for you. Oh, how many of you are thankful for Jesus? How many of you are thankful for a healer? How many of you are thankful for the Holy Spirit? No, man, another comforter. And I want to encourage you in your life, when you're taking the time to make a decision, no, counsel, it's in the heart of man like deep waters. 
but I'm a man of understanding now. I'm a person of understanding now. I know I can be led by God. I know I can hear from God. I know that wisdom is in me. Counsel is in me because God is in me. And since I know that, I will take the time to draw it out. And it is deep water, so it might not just fall on me after one prayer, but day after day, if I'll take the time to look to my heart, day after day, if I'll pray and I'll worship, I may be fast a little bit, but day after day, as I begin to draw out that counsel, living water is going to flow out of me. The Lord will light my candle. I'll operate in the light and I will not stumble because I'm on the path that God has for me. The Lord will light our candles. And when he does, we can see supernatural results. Fight through a crowd, leap over a wall because we've heard from the living God. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every person at both campuses. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you give us divine direction, divine guidance. Father, we thank you. Your spirit is our candle. Lead us, Father. Guide us. With every head bowed, every eye closed at both campuses. If you're here today at either place, and maybe you have felt like you've been bad, maybe you're here today and you, you, you just felt like over the past couple of weeks you've been a bad mother or a bad father or a bad husband. Maybe you feel like you've been a bad friend. Maybe you feel like you've been a bad boyfriend or you feel like you've been a bad girlfriend. I want you to know today that for many of you, what you've been calling bad, God just calls hurt. And there is a healer in the house today. But just like if you were hurt naturally, you'd have to go to a doctor. When you're hurt spiritually, and oftentimes that spiritual hurt manifests as natural hurt, if you're hurt spiritually, the only cure is to go to Jesus. And maybe like the gentleman I was talking about, you've been so bad that it's kept you from Jesus because Satan has told you a lie. You don't need to go to the doctor. It's too bad. But I'm telling you now today, whatever it is you're going through or facing, Jesus can love you back to life. You could take a woman caught in the very act of adultery and throw him down at his feet. And he would not condemn you. He would begin to go to work to heal you. But the only way to have that healing is to come to the feet of Jesus. And if you're here today or at Highland Colony or you're watching online or through CBS, and you're saying today, I need to come to Jesus. I'm telling you, he will not judge you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, I'm not going to make anyone look at you. I'm not going to make anyone, you know, eyes rest upon you. But if you're here today and you say, I need healing, I want to come to the healer. Your decision to come is through this. Wherever you're at, all over the world or in either one of our rooms, if that's you, would you just lift your hand up right now? All over the room, hands going up all over the room. I see hands at Highland Colony, hands here at Lakeland. 
online. It's okay right now to lift up your hands to the Lord and just ask the Lord into your life. Now all of us with our hands lifted, our faith connected to God, just pray pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you. Your Holy Spirit has led me into this place of surrender. And Father, I come to you today and I thank you, Lord Jesus. What can wash away my sin? The blood of Jesus. Though my past, it felt bad, it felt like it was red as scarlet with my sin. Your blood, Lord Jesus, your forgiveness has washed me. And today, I'm white as snow. I receive your mercy. But Father, today, I receive your grace. Help me serve you, live for you, and love you all the days of my life. I say boldly, my best days are starting right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Can we give it up for everybody who made a decision today for Jesus?